0: Of all the teams with a case to join the Pac-12, there are a few that can match the resume and pedigree of Fresno State. Let's go. Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved conference of champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe if you if you haven't already, wherever you listen to or watch this show. Appreciate all of you out there being patient with me this week, back as promised on a Thursday. And you know who's returning? That alter ego personality of mine, lawyer Spencer, is is coming back. You have spoken to me many a times, and you say you enjoy it. And guess what? I do as well. I should list it on my resume that I have the uh, capability to present an alter ego, one who believes he is in a courtroom, as I am right now. This uh, originated, by the way, from at dude on the web who pointed something out about Fresno State, which shall be submitted into evidence later. But ladies and gentlemen of the jury, your honor, members of the court, anyone and everyone listening or watching at home, I am here on behalf of the Bulldogs of Fresno State, the only Bulldogs this side of the Mississippi that we care about here, out west. The case for Fresno State is very clear and is very strong. And today, I will lay it out for you, piece by piece. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we're losing Los Angeles in the Pac-12, the largest media market that the conference had. We need eyeballs on the league. First and foremost, that is arguably Commissioner Klyovkov's number one priority. Few can present an opportunities such as that as the Fresno State Bulldogs. Your Honor, I'd like to submit into evidence something I brought up in our pretrial hearing earlier, a motion to add the following quotes and information from one Bob Thompson, a retired president of the Fox Sports Networks, a man whose credentials are readily available and without question qualify him to speak on such a matter. My thanks, Your Honor, for accepting the motion. Bob Thompson pointed out on a radio hit recently that Bakersfield, Fresno, and Sacramento, not exactly the hubs of California that Los Angeles, San Diego, Anaheim may be, they are not perhaps the most well-known, but still in that area. There are approximately, according to Mr. Thompson, 2.3 million TV homes, which is what we're trying to accomplish here, is it not? Are we not trying to get as many viewers back as the conference will be losing without Los Angeles in its primary viewing picture? Is that not what we're trying to accomplish here? I believe it is. Mr. Thompson went on to point out that the brand of Fresno State, the support of the fans, and the support of the administration points to them doing this the right way way. I couldn't agree more. He said, quote, it reminds me of Utah, the way that they're going about it. Not afraid to go up against power five programs, winning at a high level at the group of five level in the Mountain West, where the two-time defending champions once resided of our beloved conference of champions. Ladies and gentlemen, the case for Fresno State begins there. It does not end right there. Because when you are adding a team from the group of five level to the conference that is at the power five level in the Pac-12, what are you going to run into from an obstacle standpoint in the media and in the hearts and minds of college football fans all across this great country? The perception that your conference is getting significantly weaker. And at some level, that's probably true. But you have to do what you can in a sport where perception matters more than any other sport in the world because of how many subjective things play into a program's success or a conference's success over time. Ask yourself this question when considering adding a group of five school who you would want to be able to compete as soon as possible? Which Group of Five program out West has been the biggest thorn in the side of Pac 12 teams? Which team out West from the Group of Five ranks would strike the most fear into the hearts of Pac 12 fans, coaches, and players all across the Conference of Champions when examining the gridiron? The answer is Fresno State. Fresno State, who in 2021 went into Autzen Stadium and very nearly beat the Ducks, a place they have seldom lost over the years. It was Fresno State who went into the Rose Bowl, playing a good UCLA team, riding off of a win against then number 16 LSU with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and fell to the Bulldogs of Fresno State. It was Fresno State who just this year defeated one of the better seven and five teams we've seen in the Pac 12 in quite some time in Washington State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl 29 to 6, solidifying the case I am presenting to you here today, or rather the specific point, which is that Fresno State is built to compete in the Pac 12, and they are built to compete right now. With the players they have, the roster they have, the recruiting capability that they have. Imagine what the Bulldogs could accomplish if they were admitted into a Power 5 league. Just imagine. That win over Washington State solidified the argument that they would have been a relevant competitive team in the league this year. Another question that comes about when considering an expansion team from the group of five ranks, seeing as our power five options are presumably off the table, is does the program have the energy? Do they have the momentum? Do they have the support? Do they have the infrastructure? Do they have the buy-in that you need to run a successful college football program? Because if your program doesn't have it, someone else is going to. That is true in every conference in America, in every league, at every level. If your community, if your fans, if your alumni, if your coaches, your players aren't all in, then they're behind the eight ball compared to their peers. This will not be a problem at Fresno State. This would not be a problem with a program that consistently has strived for excellence on the football field. This should not be a program that has continually achieved, most recently, a Mountain West Championship excellence on the football field. This would not be a problem for a program that, despite having been at the group of five ranks in the very respectable Mountain West Conference this year, repeatedly, time and time and time again, choosing to schedule Power Five opponents. That says something tangible, and notable about Fresno State you should be aware of. And I will tell you, after I tell you all about the wonderful people at Bet Online, your number one source for sports bidding info, stats, news, and analysis, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. They've got every sport you could ever need. NFL postseason, Major League Baseball is not far away, the NBA, college basketball, we've got it all at betonline.com. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Chances are some of you do since you're listening to or watching this show right now, which I appreciate. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. You can check it right there on your mobile device. Whichever one that may be, whatever brand that may be, Bet Online is where the game starts. The recess has concluded. And we resume the argumentative portion of the show. And the idea that Fresno State has the desire to be good, has the desire, dare I say, to be great, is well-founded in the idea that they played Oregon State, a 10-win team, USC, an 11-win team this year in the Pac-12. They chose to play them. They took that Oregon State team, One of the best in the Pac-12 this year. With one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 this year. Put up 35 points. Took them down to the final play. And were the Bulldogs scared of then in the same season scheduling Fresno State? No. Last year, or in 2021 rather, were they scared? Too scared? Too worried? Too concerned about the perception of playing both Oregon and UCLA? No. No, they were not. They were not because this is a culture, a community, a fan base, a program that wants to continue to build, to grow and develop. And the Pac 12 presents an opportunity to do just that. I will round out my argument for the Bulldogs today with this. It is always worth consideration how competitive a team can be in the second most important sport, which does indeed have kickbacks for the league. Getting into March Madness, something the Pac-12 is going to struggle to do this year. That is something the Fresno State basketball team will be capable of. 20-win seasons have become commonplace for Fresno State. In the Mountain West, that is extremely strong in the basketball sense. They have a number of exceptional teams and programs. And they have shown an ability to win. And if they are put into the power five ranks, their competitive level, the energy around that program can only go up. TV market size, competitive relevance, the energy and drive to compete and grow and win at a high level. Bob Thompson of Fox Sports said it best. It reminded him very much of Utah. And we humbly ask that you consider Fresno State for these reasons as your newest member of the Conference of Champions. Thank you. I yield my time, Your Honor. All right. I will never get tired of doing that. Send me any team you want. I'm having way too much fun with it. I hope you're enjoying it. Fresno State is a really strong candidate here. I mean really strong. Now, that is not, I'm going to repeat, it is not a guarantee that they get added, but they, I can't see how they're outside the top three. But I could see them being number three for this reason and this reason only. George Klyovkov could look at San Diego State and say, we're going to value San Diego and the SoCal area more than the NorCal area, even though, as I listed, or as I said before, there are a lot of TV homes up there. There are a lot that you could try to get access to. I could see this going either way, but realistically, I kind of get the get the, the vibe that SMU, because they're in Texas in the Dallas area, is one step above them in terms of George Klyovkov's wish list. That's the impression that I get. Frankly, it's mostly a gut feeling, but Fresno State has the most ready-to-compete football team. They're losing Jake Hayner, so we'll see how they rebound at quarterback. I would look at Sam Heward. He's still in the portal. Last time I checked, let me double-check that uh, as I record the show. Um, yeah, doesn't, uh, doesn't look like he's found a home just yet. I'm just saying, Fresno State adds Sam Heward, they could be competitive again. They beat a Pac-12 team. They've beaten a Pac-12 team two years in a row. They've played other ones close. And they've been doing it from the Mountain West the whole time. Just saying. Just saying. Okay, time to move on. David Harper, Loyal Husky fan. Uh, riding with me here on the show, which I greatly appreciate. appreciate all of you. I like having fans from a number of different programs watching the show, asking questions, and he wants to know about his Huskies. Can we talk about the expectations next year for UW when you consider pretty much every key player on offense and defense are coming back? Why, yes, David, we can. And he brings up a really important point. This is an 11-win Washington team that doesn't have – a couple key guys coming back. They've got like all of them coming back pretty much. Braylon Trice, I saw something the other day. He was like one of the three or four highest graded edge players in the country, according to PFF. Zion Tupelo Fatui, he's back. Michael Penix, he's back. Roma Dunze, uh, yeah, he's back. Well, wait a minute. Those were, checks notes, Most of Washington's key contributors this year? Look at that. You're correct. Where does that leave them in terms of expectations? Let's start with the Pac-12, and then we'll work our way up beyond that. Is it reasonable to expect them to win the Pac-12? No. However... There is not a single, not a single team in this conference because of how competitive it's going to be that I can reasonably look at and say, with a smidge of honesty, they should expect to win the Pac-12. Washington, with all those guys coming back and all the success they had this year, should expect to get to the Pac-12 championship game. Anything short of that is a disappointment if you miss the conference title game again because they were so close this year. And if they hadn't lost Arizona State, they would have been in the playoff conversation. They could have been playing against USC. Winner goes to the playoff if they hadn't lost Arizona State. That is a very real thing that could have taken place this year. But going into next year, the league is so darn good. I don't think USC can expect to win it. I don't think Utah can expect to win it. I don't think Washington can expect to win it. I don't think Oregon or Oregon State or UCLA. It's too deep. I don't think anyone can expect to get there. But Washington has, I think, the most continuity returning that was producing at a high level. USC is going to lose a couple offensive players, most notably Jordan Addison from this year's team, but they have Caleb Williams back. That's all that really matters. You have Lincoln Riley. Offense is going to be fine. Defensively, question marks. Washington, defensively, this time, or defensively at times, had some question marks. But their front four, they were nasty, and they made plays when they needed to. And you've got both edge guys back. And that's huge. And I think from a locker room standpoint, Michael Penick's coming back after leading the country in passing. A guy with an injury history who is choosing to play his fifth year of college football instead of capitalizing on the momentum he's got right now, which would probably result in him being, I don't know, A a mid to late round draft pick in the NFL, him choosing to come back, that galvanizes a locker room in ways I don't know that anybody can really quantify unless you are in the locker room and you talk to every single player about it. But that can even go, that that can have an effect beyond even what those guys are realizing because that sends a very clear message. We're coming back and we're coming back to compete, not coming back just to play. We're coming back because we think we can win, do special things, do it at a high level. And based on what they showed this year, totally capable. Now, in an upcoming show, probably tomorrow, uh, I'll start diving into the schedule which came out. Oh my gosh, so excited. I need football already. Spring football, even spring football will do. Anyway, we'll get there before we know it. But I think expecting to get to the Pac-12 championship game, completely reasonable for Washington. How should you view it in the context of college football playoff winning the conference getting to a new Year's six game i will tell you after i tell you about built bars which are a delicious treat but don't have all the fat and calories of things that usually taste as delicious as as built bars do we just got through the holidays my goal as always i failed on it today i had cold stone earlier which is delicious sometimes you just got to have a treat but built bars are a treat that unlike Cold Stone, is really good for you. Low sugar, high protein. I had one of those earlier today on the golf course as well. And guess what? Played pretty well. You know, we're not going to talk about what happened at the 14th hole, but that's okay. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, You can get yours now at Built.com or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, however you want to find them. Go get your next shipment of Built Bars today. They've got a bunch of great flavors and you need to go check them out. I think for winning the conference title or getting to a New Year's Six game or getting to the playoff, I think those are reasonably attainable goals for Washington. But as a fan... I think it's really important. I talk about this as often as I can. Expectations and goals are two different things. USC, as the season went on, had the goal of reaching the college football playoff. And it was within one game. They were within one game of doing that. But this was not a disappointing season for USC. It was maybe a disappointing end in the Cotton Bowl. But 11 wins is not a disappointing year one. And if you think that, your expectations were out of whack. If Washington were to go 10-2 and two next year, win the Pac-12, and play in the Rose Bowl, and win the Rose Bowl, that'd be a really, really good year. And a great goal. And an attainable goal. Is it the ultimate goal for what they're capable of? No. But it's not an expectation because of the way the Pac-12 is looking in 2023. In 2024, when USC and UCLA leave, then you can start to have those conversations in a more reasonable manner. But until then, just looking at 2023, I don't think any team, I don't expect a Pac-12 to make the playoff in 2023. The league is too deep. I, I, I just don't see Colorado is not going to be walked over. You're going to have them win, at least. I mean, at least four games. It would seem they'll probably be. You'd think maybe in the four to six range, four to five. Their schedule is pretty tough, but probably three of those wins are coming in in conference play. Maybe four. Cal, Stanford, they don't look great right now. I, I like Cal more than Stanford at the moment, but. When that's the bottom of your conference, like what's Arizona going to be? Arizona State might struggle next year, but they've added a bunch of transfers. They've been bringing in a lot of talent, and that was a team that people were kind of rolling over this year. But when the top six in your league are USC, Oregon, Washington, Utah, UCLA, Oregon State, it's just a gauntlet and a half. It, it, it's just so difficult, and it's the same problem the Pac-12 has had, but they're in such a great place right now because they have a lot of really good teams. The question for Washington or a team like USC or Oregon will be, they were good this year. Can they take a step forward to be great and prove me wrong in this sense? Can any of them do it? Right now, I don't trust any of them to do that. Are they capable of it? Yes. They 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 are in theory capable of it, but it's a tough thing to do. Remember to get into the it's still a fourteen playoff in twenty twenty three. You can lose one game. You can lose one game the whole season. What if Washington goes to East Lansing, plays a revitalized Michigan State team who's at home? And pulls an upset there. Well, now to get to the playoff, Washington's got to go perfect in conference play. Nobody's ever done that in the back 12. Washington's got to play Utah next year. They, they they play Oregon, of course. They play, I think they've got USC on there. I'm gonna be getting into the schedules and whatnot. But my point they play Oregon State as well. Like, you just have so many difficult games. So many difficult games. Oregon State will be on the road. Oregon will be at home. That helps quite a bit. But you throw Utah in there, who they missed this season, it takes a lot. The stars have to align in so many ways for a team, especially in the Pac-12, to get to the playoff. That setting that as an expectation, I just don't see that as realistic. Not because these teams aren't all really good, but because other teams are also really good. So I think getting to the Pac-12 championship game, missing that, that would be disappointing if you're Washington. That that would be supremely disappointing. But expecting to get to the playoff, expecting to win the conference, it, that, that, that sort of stuff just gets into crapshoot territory, and sometimes you need a bounce-a-ball sort of game to to make that stuff happen, which, frankly... Is what it seems like anybody's going to need. Gosh, 23, 2023 is going to be good. Okay, so let's wrap up with a couple quarterback thoughts. Cal added a quarterback. Sam Jackson, back up at TCU. They'll probably be going with Chandler Morris, I imagine, there in uh, in Fort Worth for Sonny Dykes in year two with Max Duggan in the NFL. Jackson is probably going to be Cal's starter. They lost Kai Milner. He transferred, I think, to an FCS goal. I think he went to NAU. I could have that wrong, but I think that's right and Jack Plummer went in the portal, surprisingly? I, I don't know exactly where he could go and start. That's a better situation for him than Cal. The Bears do need to rebuild their offensive line like entirely because he was under duress a lot. I imagine that contributed to it. That is one interesting piece of quarterback news and what he could bring to the table because can he be – the most dynamic quarterback they've had since, gosh, since Jared Goff, frankly. They just haven't been able to get a lot of production there, right? They had Chase Garbers for several years. I'm still going to plug that Ethan Garbers would be a great fit. Haven't seen a lot of Sam Jackson. Haven't seen a ton of Ethan Garbers, but man, he's looked good. But he's still at UCLA, and the transfer portal has closed for this window. There will be another one in the spring. But the other juicy piece of quarterback news, and I mean really juicy, And it concerns the California Golden Bears, too. Jaden Rashada is, depending on where you look, a high four or five-star quarterback recruit, class of 2023. His final five included two Pac-12 schools in Oregon and Cal. He ended up choosing Miami. Then he flipped to Florida. Now he has requested a release from his national letter of intent, And he is rumored to be available, shall we say. That's the highest rated 2023 quarterback available. And he could be coming to the Pac-12. Cal is going to put their hat in the ring. Washington is going to be in the ring. And let's just never count out Colorado in these sorts of situations. There is a very real possibility he could be coming to the Pac-12. Something to follow. But those two, and Jaden Rashada would not be a transfer. He would kind of feel like a transfer. Whatever the case may be, if he ends up in the Pac-12, kind of guy who has enough talent to start day one. I've seen him throw in person. He's got a real easy motion and a strong arm, a really strong arm. That is a name to follow in the coming days. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.